What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. What's happening, everybody? Those of you tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I am one of your hosts, Trenton Cruz. Alongside of me is my good friend, Brett Heilman. How's it going today, Brett? Man, it's going good. It's good to be back in here again, ready to get back into the word, man. I'm excited. Like, uh, you know, the weather's changing outside. It's, it's beautiful outside. The leaves are falling. They're changing colors, man. And it's that time of year again. Like, you know, we, we were talking about earlier, it's bonfire time, man. It's bonfire. So the seasons are changing. And let's hope maybe some of you out there tuning right now are going, getting ready to come through a season. I'm sure you are. And come into another season. That's not a bad thing. That just means you can get ready for the new things God has for you in store for your future. So don't get so hung up on the past that you miss out on the future. But today, if you would like to leave us a voice message, I guess I can go ahead and start with this. Go ahead and leave us a voice message by clicking the voice message link at the bottom of the description of each episode. Also, if you're a little shyer and would not like your voice heard on the air, you can also send us an email at wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Please do that. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear the topics you want to talk about. Don't worry about interrupting our John study. If we had to pause for a moment, or maybe you've got a topic we'd like to discuss next when we get through John. So don't hesitate. You can give a shout out. You can just say what's up if you want to. So thank you though so much for tuning. Be sure you're sharing this with your friends on social media. That's right. Make sure and swing over to Facebook and make sure you like the Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett page. You can get all the latest information there. You'll get the, you'll find out when the newest episodes are going to go up. We usually notify you within you know a day or two of when the new episodes are going to be coming up, and then that will be posted every Tuesday on Facebook as well. The new, uh, the new show goes up so usually by six in the morning. So for all you early risers out there, that show will be up ready for you to go. Most of the time, we'll just say before 8 o'clock for sure. So uh, swing over there and make sure you check out Let's Talk with Turner Bread on Facebook. All right. So, yes, it's 6 a.m. I usually have it scheduled. So it should be up at 6 a.m. If you're an early riser, you get your cup of coffee, you're getting ready for the work day, you want to get your Bible study in before you go or your Bible reading, the perfect time to do that and get your day started off right. Thank you so much. We're going to be in John chapter 6 today. If you remember last time, which was episode 17, which means we're episode 18 already. So digging through the book of John, we are going to be continuing as Jesus continues to talk about himself being the bread of life. Last week's episode was titled The Bread of Life. This week, we're going to be talking about the fact that he is rejected by his own and when we get talking here in a minute you're going to understand why many might have rejected him especially if you are not familiar with what we call it before christianese or the christian language and jesus what he's talking about here you take a look at the verses we're going to be looking at today you might think what in the world is he talking about and that will make more sense in just a minute when we get started Well, if we're ready, let's go ahead and let's jump right in here to John chapter 6. And I believe we're going to start in verse 41. And the heading right above that is rejected by his own. Let's see. It says, the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread of life, which come down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? 
Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Good place to stop. Awesome. I like what he's talking about right there at the beginning, verses 41 and 42. Because uh, this right here, we talked about this, I think, briefly on another show. And we there's a actually a passage of Scripture, I think it's in Matthew, where it is literally written that a prophet is, you know, respected. He's not rejected except by his own, and I'm paraphrasing there, but amongst his own people. Because that's what we're getting here directly from what we read here in the first two verses. Let's check it out. The Jews then complained. Remember, he's just got done telling him, he telling them, he's the bread of life that has came down from heaven. He came, he's going to sacrifice his life. They don't understand that part yet, but he has come. He is the bread of life. Remember, they were asking, well, give us this bread so we can eat it. And he's like, hello, I'm standing right here. I'm the bread of life. And verse 41 says, after that whole thing we talked about last week, I'll let you go check that episode out if you want more on that. Verse 41 says the Jews then complained about him because he said I am the bread of life which came down from heaven they said now here's the part I wanted you to catch they said is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how is it then and he says I come down from heaven they're thinking right there in their flesh they don't realize that Jesus actually Joseph was the adopted father of Jesus which is, you know, it's probably best when he was growing up that they understood it that way so that his day would come. But they're thinking, we know his father. We know his mother. That's Joseph. That's Mary. He's a carpenter. We, we know these people. How can he be telling us that he came down from heaven? Well, we know at that point that they begin to look amongst each other and started murmuring and started talking and trying to figure these things out. Because in verse 43, it says, Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur amongst yourselves. And I love that, man, because... <laughs> You, it just gives you it gives you a mental picture of all these Jews and these religious leaders standing around trying to figure out what Jesus is talking about. But what I what I really like though, I want to read on down to forty five. It says, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up the last day." It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. But what I like about that is again. Jesus is basically telling him, when he says, do not murmur amongst yourselves, he's telling him, you should already know who I am. Because it's written in the prophets. It's written in, uh, I have it right here, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13, where it talks about, and they shall all be taught by God. What they don't realize is that God has come down to them and is teaching them all of the ways and all of the things that they are supposed to, to understand. He's trying, Jesus is teaching them the way of life. And they're standing there murmuring amongst themselves over whose kid this is. You know, they're it's like right over their head type thing. You know, they're missing it completely. He also, I like verse 44 where he talks about no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. It's almost like he's, it's refers, nowadays we would call that the Holy Spirit drawing us in because we've already had the spirit come. But the father is the one that touches them in a way that draws them to the son. And how do they know that he's from the father? Like he keeps saying and like Brett just told you, because you guys have had the scriptures for years that have been prophesying of the day that I would come. And apparently, many of you weren't paying attention. They <laughs> were looking at those scriptures. Basically, he's saying, y'all should have been knowing this stuff. You know, you should have had this figured out, watching for me, that when I did come, you would have completely 100% recognized 
who I was. But you're you don't you you're standing there murmuring amongst yourselves because you, you, you can't figure out whose kid it is. I can't get past that. Like, isn't this Joseph and Mary's kid? It's like, mm-hmm. no, he's standing there telling you who he is throughout the whole book of John that we've been going through so far. You know, as these series of events happen, he's telling us who he is, and they still they're still murmuring amongst themselves. It's not clicking with them. It's almost like I didn't come the way you thought I should come, so you're rejecting me, which is exactly what's happening as we continue reading here. Yeah. Now Jesus does start talking in a language, and this is what I talked about earlier that if you if you're not familiar with the Bible, maybe you've never picked up a Bible and you're going through this with us now. This may be sounding a little strange, and we're going to try to talk about it and go over it with those of you, because I was reading this uh, today again, and looking at it, I'm thinking, man, if I was a person who's never been to church, never heard the Bible, this these verses would kind of freak me out. So that's why we're going to try to break that down for you as we get into that here in just a minute. But remember, these people, like we've talked about several times in the past shows, we're expecting the Messiah to come and conquer, hmm. to take over, to pull, to get... To take them out from under Roman rule. So because he hasn't done that and he snuck out of the crowd earlier in the chapter when he fed 5,000 and they wanted to anoint him king and Messiah, he sneaks out because he's like, this isn't this isn't right. I'm, this is not my time. It's, this is not why I'm here. And he sneaks out. And then, of course, walking on water and everything else we've talked about in this chapter. But uh, if you haven't checked out those episodes, go back and check those out because we've been in John 6 for, I think this is the third week maybe that we've been in John chapter 6, third or fourth week. I want to say fourth week. Might be the fourth week we've been in John so chapter six so uh, go back and check those episodes we don't want to take too much time there but check it out where would we stop we're in verse 46 i believe so not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from god once again referring to himself i have come from the father i'm the only one amongst anybody here who's ever seen the father because he's the one that has sent me here now remember so he has seen the father once again verse 47 most assuredly i say to you He who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life, he continues in verse 48. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. We're going to talk more about this here in just a second. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh which I shall give for the life of the world. Okay, so a whole lot to unpack there. I think, Trenton, I don't know where to go back to, man, to really really even start. Let's look at verse 48. It says, I am the bread of life. And this is kind of a a theme here that, you know, that that we grab from, especially here in John or whatever. But he goes on into 49. I just want to read it again. It says, Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. Okay, so... Go back to the Old Testament, going back to the time of Moses, going back to the time of Exodus, we find the God sends manna down. Every morning they wake up, there's manna outside, they have bread to eat. So they're looking at this, and I think we talked about this last time. The last time a little bit, yeah. So they're looking at this and saying, look, God gave us bread to eat. But what they're not getting here is the bread that God gave them back then, they still died. Mm-hmm. Right, they're they're dead now. That bread did not save their it saved their life for the moment, but it didn't save their life for eternity. Jesus is trying to get these people to understand that what they ate still led to death, but what he has come to do is to give us eternal life. So he's comparing himself 
saying he is the bread of life and that if we eat of that bread and this is where the wording does seem to start getting a little bit strange to maybe to some people that has never read it before or heard it before but what he's trying to say is that the sacrifice that he is getting ready to make what he has come to do getting up uh, giving his life uh, then putting him on the cross shedding his blood uh, basically break his body being broken for us it's it's a type of uh symbolic it's a, yeah it's a symbolic meaning it's he's talking about the sacrifice that he is getting ready that's getting ready to happen basically he's going to be giving his life that if we will eat that bread if we will accept what he has done and accept him and take everything that he teaches us into us eating that you know just basically taking that into us eating and drinking that that's what he's talking about there you want to elaborate any more on that? Well, if you read 49 and 50 together, I think maybe it gives you a better idea of what we're saying here. He says in 49, which is what he just read, your fathers ate men in the wilderness and are dead. Then in 50, he goes on and says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. That's why he says, and really he continues uh, elaborating on that thought in verse 51 when he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, which is what Brett just told you, he broke it down for you, he will live forever. So he's the bread that we have to eat or accept to obtain eternal life, which is what he's saying about living forever. And the bread that shall give that I shall give is my flesh. Now it's going to start getting strange here in a minute. I wanted to stress that because some of you, our listeners, maybe you're not familiar with the Bible. So we want to stress that because everything he's saying is symbolic of what he's going to do. Now there are those, I believe, there that understand this. And some of the commentaries we were reading said the Pharisees may have even understood it. But in order to create confusion and get people to turn away... He kind of twisted what Jesus was saying, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. Uh, the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. In other words, I'm giving myself mm-hmm. as a sacrifice so that not just one or two people can be saved, but so that the entire world can be saved. That means he's doing this so Trenton could live. So Brett could have eternal life. So think about your name. Put your name there. He's doing this for you. That's what he's come to do. He wants to save everybody. He's here to give everybody a chance at eternal life. Let's go ahead and let's read verse 52. And if if we need to go back to that, we can because there's there's more here. But it says, The Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And see, right there, these people, they, they automatically go to... The, how do I want to say that? The, the the fleshly side of things, the earthly side of things, they have no spiritual mind. And it's, you know, I, I believe here when it's saying the Jews, I think that there's probably a lot of religious Jews there. There's probably Sadducees, there's Pharisees, and whatever other sects that were there at that time. But they automatically go to the physical side of this thing, and they say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Mm. And it's not... Jesus was not saying, look, here, tear a, tear a piece of my arm off and, and, and have a bite. Okay? I don't know how to say it any other way. That's not what he was saying. And I like how Trenton broke it down. It's for the whole world, past, present, future. You know, for, it is, he's giving us his life. He's giving everything that he is so that we can have eternal life. And that's just, it, it's ex- 
whenever you break it down like that, man, and I know that you have your own salvation experience and so do I. It's that calling and you know what that calling feels like whenever you have that calling from God. It's this urging within your heart and some of you may be feeling it right now as maybe this word is beginning to make more sense to you if you've never read this before. But that pulling and that calling from God is is to bring you to understand that Jesus, what he did was he gave his body for you and that he shed his, all, all of his blood was shed and poured out on that cross by, and also by you getting uh, beaten and whipped and, you know, the cat and eye tails ripping the flesh off of his body and blood pouring out. He did that for you because there had to be a sacrifice made. And this is a sacrifice that he's talking about, his body being the bread and his blood being the drink. And I think 52 there uh, probably is what that commentary we was looking at earlier was referring to when it says the Jews. Like you just said, it was there was probably religious leaders. There were probably all the different sects, Sadducees, uh, Pharisees, Zealots. There were probably some of them there and all the religious known at that time. But what it appears, and I think what they were trying to point out in that commentary is the fact that here when it's talking about the Jews – they're stirring it up as this, as if this man, and I'm going to go ahead and just say it, is talking about cannibalism, eating himself. So, and they're doing that to confuse the masses, which is what they did. They did confuse several, which we're going to find out. I don't know how, if we'll get to it today or next week. That a lot of them leave after this point. So they did succeed a little bit in confusing. However, the mission was still going to be accomplished. And we see this type of stuff today. This isn't something that's new or back then only. Because you think about it. How many different, I'm not even just going to say religions, but how many different peoples and thought and maybe philosophies are being taught out there to try to confuse, we'll call them the elect, because even the believers, but non-believers alike, to get them to turn away from what God has done for them. This isn't, you know, this isn't surprise. This is still going on. I believe this is still happening in today's world. Jesus ends up, he holds his ground. And I think that's important. I think that was one thing the commentary were saying that he held his ground here. He didn't change what he was saying. Verse 53, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, and here's, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate manna and are dead. He who eats the bread, or this bread, will live forever. Now, I went ahead and read that whole thing because over and over and over, you can see how it would have been simple probably for the religious <laughs> leaders to confuse people into thinking, well, he's talking about cannibalism. That's not right. The Bible speaks out against that. But I want to just read them all. That's why I went ahead and didn't stop because he repeats himself. He repeats what he said earlier, some of what he said last week. He was telling them the same thing. And those, and I do believe, Brett, those that had ears to hear, those that were mm -hmm. listening, understood what he was saying. And they weren't going with the crowd. Remember the Bible says, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to turn it over to Brett for a second. The Bible says, narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. So you have got to have ears to hear God's word, stay on the narrow path 
to escape the broad view of what the world is telling you. And I do believe that in this passage, what we just read, there were the people that were going to stay on the narrow path that we're going to follow him through on what he said. So I don't believe it's the entire crowd. I do believe there are those that are listening. And I want to point this out to you. This is how I think that we can know that this is symbolic. Because Jesus is saying this roughly 2,000 years ago, right? And he's saying, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And where's the verse? Uh, whoever Here it is. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Okay, so... If Jesus was being serious, like, here, guys, take a bite, <laughs> you know, okay, you know, that's in a jokingly way. Understand that. But if he was, if he truly was saying that, as some of the Jews are trying to understand, I guess, then there's no way for us to have eternal life. If he's, if he's, if he's being serious at that point, uh, you know, if he's speaking in a strictly physical way. Because there's no way for us to go back and to be able to do that. So we know that he's speaking symbolically. He has to be. And he's trying to tell us, look, if you will just eat my flesh, drink my blood, you will have eternal life. But what he's saying is if you will just come to accept who I am, that I am the true bread of life. I am the one that's going to give his life on the cross for you. I'm the one that's going to shed my blood for you. If you will come to that understanding and feed on that. Feed on the feed on my words. Understand what I am truly saying to you right now. Then you will have eternal life. Then you'll be able to walk with me. And you'll be able to do these, you know, be able to follow after him and understand these things. They'll have their spiritual eyes open because at this time it's clear, Trenton, that these people all have scales on their eyes. They're not seeing things spiritually they're so wrapped up in their own religion basically is all that they had at this point they didn't have life and we established that early on in john i think we talked about that they didn't have life and jesus is here again telling probably some of the same same religious leaders unless you can accept this and understand who i am then you have no part in me if you can't accept it then you have no part in me He's saying you need to accept my sacrifice, basically is what we're getting. You You accept the sacrifice. You accept me giving my life, giving my blood. And I kind of mentioned earlier when we were talking, it kind of, part of it, you know, when you think, when we think of eating the flesh, drinking the blood, I know it sounds strange, but uh, one thing that came to mind while I was studying, and that's not necessarily the context of what's going on here, is communion. And I talked with Brett about this a little bit before the show because there are uh, denominations, I'll say, that do believe that when you take communion... The bread literally becomes the flesh, and the drink literally becomes the blood of Christ. We're not disrespecting that in any way. What we are saying is, to us, it's symbolic. It's symbolic mm-hmm. of what he does. Why do we take communion? And we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, later in John when we get to it. But we take communion in order to remember the sacrifice. Remember what he did mm-hmm. on that cross, what he did for us. And he says, we're going to take it till the day he comes in remembrance of of him so it's the sacrifice that's what he's getting at here when he starts talking about these things that can seem strange especially if you're not familiar with scripture i think we want to try to finish this chapter up it's not there's not a whole lot left here let's make it happen these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in capernaum so he was in the synagogue when he said all these things and i really believe that this next part which is uh at least in the new king james has a title there many disciples turn away it reflects the attitude that we're seeing in the verses we just read. Verse 60 says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? 
And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he, had, where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And I believe here he's actually talking to his disciples, the ones that have been mm-hmm. following him all this time. Uh, maybe namely the 12. It doesn't say the 12 because we know there was many that followed him, but maybe even them. And then he said in verse 65, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him by the Father. And I believe when people start turning away, we notice at points, Jesus is like, hey, you guys going too? And it's like my pastor always said, I don't think he was asking that because he was afraid they were leaving. He was going to say, okay, well, if y'all are going, I'm going to go get some more people because I got, I got a job that I'm going to accomplish. So he's looking at them, trying to get them to understand at least the ones that are around him that are still there, even after many are turning away and walking away. Do you believe? It's the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. There are some that don't believe, and he knew. Judas, I think, is referred to there when he's talking about he knew who would betray him. Judas Iscariot, we read about it in Scripture. He knew who would betray him, but maybe not necessarily just Judas, but the many that betray him when the time comes. He said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Let's go ahead and let's read verse... I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and let's finish it out. Let's go down to verse 71. It says, From that time... Or we're in 66 to 71. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And right there's your answer. Mm. Verse 69, Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So I just got a little ahead of myself a minute ago. A little bit, but that's all right. I, you know, I just want to go back to verse 67. I know we're getting real close on our time here, but this made me think of some things. It says, Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? We've covered some pretty serious topic today. A pretty serious topic today, you know. We talked about what Jesus did. We talked about the sacrifice that he made and why he did it. He did it for you. He did it for me. And then here in verse 67, Jesus, after he got done teaching all of that, people begin to walk away. Mm. So today, I think this is one of those moments, Trenton, where we have to tell, ask the people, do you guys also want to walk away? Mm. You know, this was, he, he's standing, Jesus is standing there watching the people turn away from him. And, you know, he go, as you go down and... The disciples, they say that they're not going to leave. They're going to stay. Where else can we go? We know who you are. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. They had made a decision to follow after Jesus. But today, for you out there listening, maybe you have never made that decision. And my question to you is this, is do you also want to walk away after knowing now what what you know? That he came, that he died, he gave his body, he gave his life, his blood was poured out for you and he even tells you why he did it he says because he wants you to have eternal life and i know that the wording and everything today may seem a little strange to you but if you will go back through that ask the holy spirit to to reveal some things to you just pray about it go through it and read it again 
I think that you're going to come to the conclusion that you need Christ in your life. You know, I need Christ in my life. Trent needs Christ in his life because there's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. So today, that's kind of what I want to leave you with. I mean, we're not closing out just yet, but that's my question that I want to leave you with is, do you also want to go away? I think that's also a good question for believers. And here he was talking to the disciples that were believing in him. So maybe, yes, maybe you're in the first category we just mentioned that you've never heard any of this. This is strange and you're ready to receive. We'll give you that opportunity in just a minute. But uh, also here, I believe Jesus is talking to believers. Maybe you're looking around at the world you're living in right now and you've been claiming all this time to be a believer in the son, in Christ and you're a, a Christian what the world would call us but a believer is what I'll say one that believes in Christ believes in a sacrifice you're looking around at your world and it you're like just because things get a little rough maybe or things look like they're falling apart Jesus I think he's honestly asking are you wanting to walk away but he's looking for people that are in it for the long haul you're going to go through, we all go through. And, then, you know, the Bible even talks about, you know, the rain pours down on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the exact wording there. I'm paraphrasing. That was pretty close. But uh, <laughs> but it, it goes on both sides. So believer or not believer, you're going to go through some stuff. Jesus says you will face tribulation. He tells you that in your word. If As a believer, I would hope that your foundation is so solid. And the way you get that is through reading your Bible, through praying, through spending time with God. I would hope that your foundation is so solid that if Jesus asked you bluntly a question just like this, you'd say, just like Peter, where am I going to go? You're the way to eternal life. You're the one that speaks the words. Why would I go anywhere else? Real real quick, think about this too. Peter says, where am I going to go? That's because Peter's already been where where he doesn't want to be. He's found the answer. So it comes right back to a question for you today. Do you want to go where you've already been, where you have no answers? Or do you want to go to the one that right now is offering you an answer, offering you eternal life? There's nothing, there's nothing that this world can offer you. And right there, Peter says it. Look, I've I've been there. I've done everything else, and it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. And Jesus has given us. He's given you. He's given us. He's given all of us this opportunity to accept Him. Mm. If you want to receive Christ, I'm just going to go through this right now. Um, if you want to receive Christ today, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. Maybe you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And maybe this is a strange time, but the passages you just read are strange, but you don't understand everything yet. That's okay. And that's why we study. That's why we pray. And if you do have a question, you can send it to us. We've given you those options. We'll list them again at the end. If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it starts there. Now remember, that's where the journey begins. From there, God's going to take you on a journey that is going to blow your mind. But uh, you just simply ask. You say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. In your name I pray. Amen. And it's really that simple as asking. And it really doesn't take all those words. The Bible tells us if you believe Jesus died and rose again, you mm-hmm. shall be saved. Yeah. It's not about the wording. It's about what you're doing, which is receiving yeah. his truth into your life. Just like Jesus was telling these people, I'm the bread of life, and trying to tell them that I've been sent so that you can have life, 
It's that simple. You, we go through him. The Bible says we'll get to John 14. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus talking. So if you're still sitting there pondering, you got to decide what you want to do with Jesus. But if you receive Christ, I want to say congratulations. Hey, that would be an email or a voice message. We would love for you to send to us here on the air. We want to celebrate with you if you just received Christ as your Lord and Savior on the air. The voice message link is at the bottom of the details on each episode. The email again is wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Let us know. Your testimony is important. We will be excited for you on the air. If you don't want to list you by name, we can anonymously tell you that we had someone receive Christ. Uh, So congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Now get into a word. Get into a church that's going to help you grow and is going to disciple you as you mature as a believer. I want to say God bless. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. I'm going to turn the whole show over to Brett here, and I'll see you guys next time. All right, guys, we're just going to close out in prayer here. I think everything that has needed said has been said, so we're just going to go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to worship, to fellowship, and to study your word, Father. We pray, Lord, for those that have listened. We pray, God, that you would bless them, Father God, in whatever way it is, Lord, that they need that you would touch them, Father God, and Lord, that those that are listening that do not know you, Father, we pray, God, that your spirit would begin to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.